Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Elite Titans podcast. I am your host, the Canadian Titan, and this is the only podcast in the entire world where the host spends his entire day arguing with people on Twitter for absolutely no reason. That's me, once again, the Canadian Titan, and bad news, guys. The Tennessee Titans are on a two-game losing streak after losing to the New England Patriots 36-13 to in a game that was a lot closer than the score indicates. Now, like many fans out there, I'm a little bummed. I'm a little upset that we're on a two-game losing streak. Obviously, I had a lot higher hopes, but the football gods have come down and said, you know what, Titans fans? Fuck you. You don't get to be happy. You still have to panic every single week, even against teams that you should beat like the Houston Texans, even against teams where you gain 200 yards on the ground like the New England Patriots. Just like the Titans did on Sunday, it was frustrating. But let's let's just run through that game super quickly. I want to go through a few players who I was really happy with and a few aspects of Sunday that kind of pissed me off. But let's start with the good because Canadians preach positivity and that's what I need to do for you guys here. Because elite Titans fans might know that Shit isn't totally hitting the fan, but casuals, casuals are probably panicking right now. So let's start with Dontrell Hilliard, former practice squad call up from the couch, balled the fuck out on Sunday. Now, yes, he had another fumble, his second fumble in as many weeks, and it was really deflating to have. But he also busted out a 68-yard touchdown run and looked like the best player on offense for the entire game. That third down draw play that he broke free was an individual effort on his part, obviously, but a whole team effort. If you just watch the play, look at the All-22 footage that you can see uh, from Tyler Rowland at Tic Tac Titans or if you're fortunate enough to have the all-22 footage because you want to pay for that because you're crazy because you can totally get it, like I said, from Tic Tac Titans, but you see every level of the offensive line blocking perfectly, and Hilliard just makes a great, great play. So he's the he's the first one. You got to give a hat to him. He made a huge mistake, and he the, the following drive made up for it. So he, he was my favorite player on Sunday. The next shout-out has to go to the offensive line as a whole. Anytime you rush for over 200 yards and your running back is not named Derrick Henry, that's a huge win for the big dogs in the trenches. Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, Aaron Brewer, and David Questenberry did their jobs on Sunday. Now, yes, Ryan Tannehill was still pressured and sacked, and we didn't hold up in pass protection because we never hold up in pass protection. But all in all, it looked like a pretty good game from all of those linemen. And maybe to a lesser extent, some of the tight ends, but I'm not going to give them any shout out here. And the third duo that I have to give a shout out to are on defense, and those are our big dogs, Harold Landry and Jeffrey Simmons. 
Now, they didn't light up the stat sheet a la Tennessee Tickle Monsters, but they were all over the field. They never gave up on the game, even when the game was out of reach. There were screenplays that Jeffrey Simmons was running 10 to 15 yards down the field in order to make a tackle. Harold Landry was getting held and still blowing up runs in the backfield. There's still so much good that happened on Sunday despite the ugly score and all of the mental errors. And it's not hard for me to look for those things because they're screaming at me every single play. Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons are fucking animals. And the Titans are blessed to have them on their team. So that was a really quick recap of the good. Now let's talk about the bad. First and foremost, Deontay Foreman. Now yes, he ran for over 100 yards, but he also had a crippling, crippling fumble on a breakaway run where he has no business not holding on to the ball more securely. Deontay Foreman is not a burner. He doesn't have that 4-3 speed that Derrick Henry seems to have. So you have to have the, the knowledge in that moment that you need to protect the ball. He's looking at himself, if you watch the replay, on the big screen. He's got to know that there's people there. It, it was just an ugly play. And on top of that, once again, if you look at the all-22 footage, again, from Tyler Rowland at Tic Tac Titans, you'll see how many holes that the offensive line opens up for him that Deontay Foreman just misses. Either he was panicked and just wanted to run straight and get as many yards as he could, or maybe he lacks the vision that we kind of assumed that he would have based on some of his previous big runs. I don't know. But it was an ugly game. A very ugly game for Deontay Foreman. The second shitty Titans player, shitty Titans aspect of Sunday, Jayon Brown. Never in my however many years of Titans fandom have I ever seen a player start out so loved and fall from grace so quickly. When the Tennessee Titans re-signed Jayon Brown in the offseason, I don't think there was a single Titans fan who didn't think that this was awesome, that it was going to be a huge boon for the Titans defense. But Jayon Brown's effort this season, and especially on Sunday, has been nothing short of fucking embarrassing. He's constantly caught out of position. His tackling, which was one of his best aspects as a Titan, is atrocious. And the game-breaking touchdown pass to Kendrick Bourne falls onto the arms of Jayon Brown. His piss-poor effort to push him, to push Bourne out of bounds, in my opinion, cost the Tennessee Titans the game. That play was one of, if not the most costly plays in the entire game. And it fucking hurts to see because I have nothing but love and respect for Jayon Brown, but 
there is virtually zero chance that he comes back after the Tennessee Titans win the Super Bowl this year. And on that note, that brings me to the last aspect of Sunday that I hated, and that's the fan base. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about every single Titans fan, because like me, there are some elites out there. But the overwhelming, maybe maybe it was the vocal minority, but the overwhelming response that I saw on Titans Twitter on Sunday was one of rage and shattered dreams and bitching. Like the Tennessee Titans weren't the most injured team in NFL history heading into the game. I don't understand what the expectation was. Now, last week, I made the prediction that the Titans were going to win 24-20. And I made that prediction because I'm an elite Titans fan and I believe in the best of the Titans. But in the event that they lost, and they did, even I realized that it's not likely that we were going to win the game. And the very fact that midway through the third quarter, the Titans were still in it and the Patriots, who were the hottest team heading into the league, didn't completely steamroll the shit out of us, that's a win. And I'm not talking moral victories. I'm talking about the fact that the Titans, with all of their hangups, brought the fight to New England. That's huge. And the fact that we lost sucks. But that's not some whole, oh, this team's trash, I'm so done with this. I'm in a group chat, and I swear, some of the people in there were just, holy shit, like, crying their eyes out at every single play. Oh, Dylan Cole dropped an interception. Get him off the team, he's trash. He is like our ninth inside linebacker. He is a special teams guy who made a big play not two weeks ago, if you remember. So, like, manage your expectations. People call me a homer, but at least I'm not a fucking idiot. And I mean that with all due respect, because I understand that fans get emotional, but holy shit, like, let's be realistic at least a little bit. So that does it for my recap of Sunday. The players that were good, the aspects that were shitty, I really want to put it behind me because we have the bye week to look forward to. And the bye week is the perfect opportunity for the Tennessee Titans to get a little bit healthier. Now, only Julio Jones and Dane Crookshank are eligible to come off of injured reserve in advance of the Jaguar game. But we have plenty of players who are hurt, who are not on injured reserve, who I'm really hoping we get to see. I'm talking about David Long, who, had he been in, I think makes a massive difference in the game on Sunday. And I'm talking about Nate Davis, who, yes, has had a terrible year up to this point, but I would still like to have a little bit more depth on the offensive line. Having Greg Mabin returned would also be huge because we need depth at the cornerback position because Jackrabbit Jenkins fucked up his foot and he's probably going to miss a few games. Chris Jackson, also on IR. So any defensive help that we get, nothing but a good thing. On top of that, I just need this bye week because I think I need a break. I need a break of having to 
carry this torch of optimism that I seem destined to carry while the rest of the Titans fanbase freaks out over the fact that we are 8-4, and four, number 3 seed in the AFC right now. It wasn't that long ago where the Tennessee Titans were, at this point, probably 2-12. and 12. So a little bit of perspective is a good thing. Last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers headed into their bye week, and it didn't look like they were going to even make the playoffs. But Tom Brady and the rest of the Bucs said, you know what, fuck this shit, we're going to run things, and they didn't lose another game. They got healthy for a postseason run. And I don't know about you guys, but that kind of sounds like what I'm, the Titans are going to do. Get a little bit healthier each week. Win the easy games left on our schedule. And who knows, maybe we still get the number one seed. I'm still confident that we do. At the very least, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But I think we need to, once again, gather some perspective and realize shit is not as bad as Titans Twitter seems to be making it out to be. Let's look at a perfect example. Todd Downing. Todd Downing and the offense has been a polarizing subject as of late, ever since Derrick Henry went down. Is Todd Downing good? Is he holding back the team? Not three weeks ago, the Tennessee Titans were a top 10 offense in the league. Now, yes, Downing doesn't have perfect play calling. He makes some stupid decisions sometimes. But you know who else used to do that? Arthur Smith. And for some reason, Titans fans like to hold him up on this pedestal like he was the greatest thing to ever happen to the team, completely disregarding the fact that he was absolute dog shit for the first nine weeks that he was offensive coordinator for the Titans. Cohesion takes time. Success takes time. And on top of that, it also takes having a healthy fucking offense. How complicated is it to realize that the Tennessee Titans don't have their wide receiver one, or two, or three, or running back one, or a stable offensive line that's good at pass protection. They don't have any of that. And still, the team is eight and four, and going to win the AFC South, and in contention for the number one pick. I saw a lot of people really pissed off with Todd Downing, particularly over two sequences in the New England game. Now, if you watched the Patriots game, like I know anybody listening did, because you're all elite Titans fans, you'll know the two series that I'm talking about. The first series was where the Titans took over inside their own 10-yard line, and Todd Downing called three passes, one of which was a screen that Ryan Tannehill rolled out and ran for a few yards, And another one was a third down pass that he threw a little bit too far inside for Cody Hollister to make. And I remember the immediate reaction was people pissed off thinking, well, wait, why didn't we run the ball? Why would you call three straight passes? We're running so effectively. And the second series is the goal line stand that the Patriots made in the third quarter where the first play was a run with Deontay Foreman, where he missed two wide-open holes for a touchdown. 
The second play was a rollout pass to Michael Pruitt, who would, had he caught the ball, would have been a touchdown. The third play was another run to Deontay Foreman that went nowhere. And the fourth down play was another rollout to the right that was doomed to fail immediately because the Patriots were ready. These two series have something in common that I feel like fans don't acknowledge. And I'm not talking about the fact that these two series resulted in fans calling for Todd Downing's job. No, no, no. They had one huge thing in common. They were obvious running situations. And in those instances, the Patriots sold out for the run. Every single one of those plays, the Patriots said, we dare you to throw on us because we're stopping the run. And what did Todd Downing call? He called pass plays that would work. On that first series I was talking about, the screen pass that Dontrell Hilliard did not run very well was a perfect play call if it was executed properly. But you can't expect practice squad players to execute a play like that properly all of the time. And they didn't. Shit happens. That's not Todd Downing's fault. That's the fault of all of the injuries that the Titans are dealing with. And then the second series, I got into a huge argument on Titans Twitter today where my football IQ was questioned because it was a guaranteed sure thing if we just ran the ball four times. The Patriots sold out for the run. I don't know what else to say about that. So this narrative that Todd Downing is somehow just not good at his job. Yeah, he's not the best offensive coordinator in the world. But if you were to list five problems with the Tennessee Titans, Todd Downing's name shouldn't be there. And that brings me to my next topic, and that's Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has regressed a little from his previous two years as the Tennessee Titans starting quarterback. Now in 2019, he came in and he lit the world on fire with a 70% completion percentage, fitting balls into tight windows like nobody's business, and he led the Titans offense to the AFC Championship game. And then last year, he led a top three offense under Arthur Smith that scared the bejesus out of everybody. And this year, this year the Titans aren't that good on offense, aren't as good as they were. Now, a lot of people like to blame Todd Downing, and a lot of people like to blame Ryan Tannehill. But if you look at it from a numbers perspective, Ryan Tannehill is not that different this year versus last year. Now, of course, his interceptions are a lot higher. He has 13, I believe, on the season. And his passing touchdowns are down as well. I think they're only 14 right now, and that's giving us some old-school Marcus Mariota vibes. But look at the cast around him. He doesn't have his guys week in and week out. That plays a huge role in the production of Ryan Tannehill. However, his yards per attempt compared to 2020 versus 2021, very similar. 0.8 yards difference. 
His completion percentage is the same, around 65%. And all of his interceptions, there is this YouTube video by an account called No Flags Film. You can also follow them on Twitter at No Flags Films. And they broke down Ryan Tannehill's interceptions and terrible throws this year. And of those throws, of those interceptions, and this is not including the New England Patriots games, because the video came out before then. It came out right after Houston. But of those throws, I only saw two interceptions where it was Ryan Tannehill doing something really fucking stupid. Other times, it's either his receivers not catching the ball, letting it bounce off their hands and bounce up into the air, like happened in the Cardinals game, also happened in the Colts game. It's his receivers not being in the right spot, like Des Fitzpatrick was not in the right spot in Houston, or Anthony Ferks, or sorry, Tommy Hudson and Jeremy McNichols were in the wrong spot against the Colts. Or it's just a really great defensive play, like Jalen Ramsey picking him off against the Rams. Ryan Tannehill, yeah, he's regressed. He's not as bad as you guys are making him out to be. Just relax. And get a little bit of perspective. Because there's this other notion on Titans Twitter that it doesn't matter what our injuries are. There's no reason why we should have all of these turnovers. And there's no reason why our offense shouldn't be producing. Wes on Broadway, one of the Broadway sports media guys, pointed out this very, very good stat that I would just like to repeat for you guys right now. In the last two games, the Titans have 814 total yards of offense and nine turnovers. Nine turnovers in two games. That's not on Todd Downing. I don't think he has a section in his playbook called turnovers that he's continuously calling. But 814 yards of offense, that's huge. And if we can clean up the mental mistakes, the dropped balls, the wrong routes run, that's the difference between 814 yards and 9 turnovers, or 814 yards and 9 touchdowns. So have a little bit of patience with the Tennessee Titans offense. Now, speaking of patience... I had to have a little bit of patience this week because I asked you guys a couple questions, and I would like to address those questions in this next segment. The first thing I asked, if you are worried about the Tennessee Titans going forward or their chances to win the Super Bowl, why? And I asked this as a poll, and the options were that we're too injured, worried about the play calling, the offensive talent, and the defensive talent. And to my surprise, nobody was concerned about the talent on the offense or the defense. 12% of responders were concerned about the play calling, and the other 88% were concerned about the injuries. And I've got some good news. As I mentioned, we're getting some people back after the bye week. The time where things are going to get a little bit easier is now. We're over the hellacious first 12 weeks of our schedule. 
and having that time, having that bye week to get healthy and not just the people who can't play, not just your Bud Dupree's, your Julio Jones's, your Greg Mabins and so on, but getting Harold Landry more healthy, getting Taylor Lewan more healthy and Roger Saffle and Ben Jones and Jeffrey Simmons and these linchpin guys who are in there every single week with these ailments, that's going to be huge going forward. Statistically, it's unlikely that the Titans are going to continue this rash of injuries. Now, of course, there's still the possibility that we do continue this rash of injuries because up to this point, we broke an NFL record for injuries and it's only week 13. But there's still hope. So I'm not particularly concerned. Now, I did get a few questions. And I would like to address those questions because that's what we do here at the Elite Titans podcast. And the first question comes from the 2021 Fan of the Year, Stephanie, at StephanieP96. Hi, Steph. She says, do you have a personal vendetta against at Joseph underscore Salov? Why haven't you invited him to the podcast so he can speak on his behalf? Canada on Canada Crime. Now, for those of you who don't know, Joseph, a.k.a. Yosip, uh, is a fellow Canadian that likes to talk a lot of shit to me on Titans Twitter. So my response to you, Stephanie, is, no, I don't have a personal vendetta against him. He's just from a different part of Canada, and the West and the East don't like each other. That's, that's my answer for that one. So thanks for your question, Stephanie. I kind of hate you, Yosip. The next question, this comes from at DH2KGOAT, a.k.a. Derek Henry 2000-yard GOAT. Okay. He says, how effective do you think everyone will be when they return from injury? How with Todd's play calling out moving forward? Okay, that's a typo. But how about Todd Downing's play calling moving forward? For example, with him turning away from running the ball when the game was still decently close after having gashed them all game, and when can we expect Henry's return? Sorry, what can we expect from Henry's return? All right, so that's three questions. I will power through these. How effective will everyone be when they return from injury? They probably won't be at tip-top shape right off the bat. But the very least, having certain players out on the field is going to do wonders for the rest of the unit. By which I mean having Julio Jones out there, even if he's at 80-85%, is a lot better than having only Des Fitzpatrick out there. Having Bud Dupree back on the lineup is going to do wonders for the rest of our pass rush, even if he's not at 100%. Because even though Derek Roberson had a good game on Sunday, he's no Bud Dupree. How about Todd Downing's play calling leveling out moving forward? I don't have any issue with Todd Downing's play calling. From when Derrick Henry was there, some people thought maybe he was too predictable. But I don't really agree. Because there's a certain game flow every single week that coordinators have to follow and they have to work out. And I don't hate how he's done so far. Maybe he could do a little bit more play action more consistently because that seems to work. 
but I don't know. He's who we got, and I imagine when Derrick Henry's back there, things are a little bit easier. Or at the very least, it's a lot easier when he has a regular NFL-caliber offense. And lastly, what can we expect from Henry's return? That's a good question. A lot of people are talking about how effective is Derrick Henry going to be when he comes back. Is he going to be at 100%? Is he going to be able to carry his workload? I don't know. Nobody works harder than Derrick Henry, and that's indisputable. But Derrick Henry's never been hurt like this before. And I don't know how he's going to respond when he finally gets out there. To be honest, I'm hoping he comes back in week 17 so we can get a few carries to kind of get his feet wet before we get that first round by and he comes back in the divisional round. But if he doesn't, if he's forced to come in in the divisional round for his first carry, I'm never counting out Derrick Henry. I'm expecting him to ball out. At the very least, I'm expecting defenses to respect him enough that the rest of our offense can ball out. So thank you for those questions at DH2KGOAT. Next question comes from Jay Sully at Justin Sullivan 2. Don't think I didn't notice that you changed your name on Twitter. He asks, why is Titans Facebook so bad? Well, the simple answer to that question is that Facebook is a cesspool of people who are too stupid to use Twitter. So, of course, the content is going to be a lot worse. And that's saying something because Twitter's content can be really fucking bad. His second question is, when do you expect Derrick Henry back? The first week of the playoffs, sooner or later? And I kind of answered this already. I expect him back around week 17. I know that... The Titans, particularly Mike Vrabel, likes to ease players back from injury. But if you recall, Mike Vrabel said in a press conference that Derrick Henry has earned the right to weigh in on his own injuries. And I think that that means he'll get some carries. At the very least, he's going to be designated to return and he's going to practice. I think he'll be activated by week 17, week 18 at the latest. I would be surprised if Derrick Henry doesn't have another carry in the NFL in the regular season. So that's going to do it, guys. That's going to do it for those questions. But before I go, there's one last thing I need to address. And I need to address it because, well, people drive me insane on Twitter. I will answer any tweet, I will argue any argument, because that's just who I am. But there's one thing I can't stand, and that's when people call me a homer. See, I know all of you know that I'm not a homer, because I'm just an Elite Titans fan. But on top of that, what is a homer? A homer is somebody who thinks that their team is going to win all the time. Any situation. And is that me? No. I'm just aware that the Titans are talented enough to win any game. I've had people say to me, well, you said they were going to blow out the Texans. You said they were going to blow out the Jets. Yeah, and they should have. If I were to have guessed that they were going to lose either of those games, I'd be a fucking clairvoyant genius. But when I said that they were going to beat 
the Buffalo Bills, I had pushback. People telling me, no, 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 stop being a homer. Well, what happened? The Titans beat the Buffalo Bills, and they beat them the exact same way that I said they would, by running Derrick Henry and by playing bend-don't-break defense. And when I said we would beat the Chiefs, so many people said, oh my God, Ethan, you're a homer. But then we dismantled the Chiefs. And when I said we were going to beat the Rams, this was the one everybody said, Canadian Titan, you are a homer. And I said, I'm sorry. I see a team that hasn't faced anybody real yet and a defense that's on fire right now. And what happened? Stafford and the Rams choked, our defense stepped up, and the Titans won. Now, I had every belief that the Tennessee Titans could beat the New England Patriots on Sunday. And what happened? The Titans were competitive for three and a half quarters of the game. Or two and a half. It was midway through the third where shit hit the fan. And you know what? If we don't have those two fumbles, if we don't have those fumbles against Houston, there's a very real possibility that we win those games. That's not being a homer. That's acknowledging the fact that we are a well-coached team with talent across the board capable of beating anybody in any situation. And because I acknowledge that, well, that doesn't make me a homer. It just makes me an elite Titans fan. I have been your host, the Canadian Titan. And I know this was a really long episode, but if you made it all the way through, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everybody who asked questions. If you want to ask a question for me to address on a future episode of the podcast, you can do so by following me on Twitter at Canadian underscore Titan and asking me there. You can also follow the podcast at Elite Titans Pod and I'll answer the question there. That's right. I have two accounts for no reason. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. And remember, guys, I'm not a homer. I'm just an elite Titans fan. Tighten up and try and enjoy the bye week, you filthy animals.